It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show. Is there a way for the Minnesota Vikings offense to get even better? We'll find out next on the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. This is the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. On today's show, like I just said, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings offense getting 10 times better. Well, how do they do that? I'll explain after a word from our sponsors. We bring in our producer, Sam Ekstrom. We tell you about it every day. We'll tell you about it again. It's betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Reviews and news from every league that's NFL, NBA, NHL, eSports, golf, MLB, you name it. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info, live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Go check out that Vikings 49ers line on Saturday. See if the Vikings are favored. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, Sam, and as we jump into the show, I I brought up can the Vikings offense get 10 times better? Well, this is how, Sam copycats and people that do things so mimicking is the best form of flattery is what i've heard you know stealing is the best form of flattery and this is what i'll say the 49ers and the vikings are going to have joint practices starting this week they're also going to play on saturday now we know let's be real these are two very smart young head coaches they're not going to do too much because they're both in the nfc so that's what's even i think tougher for them because they realize you know what at some point we might have to face each other in the playoffs if everything frames up the way mm-hmm. it did before. Um, and, and that's a very, very likely thing. But here's where I go with this. You have an offensive coordinator with the 49ers and a head coach in Kyle Shanahan who now has a young quarterback in Trey Lance, which we know is going to be Trey area out at, out at Vikings training camp because his fan, I mean, he's from Minnesota. So what better way? you know, for them to get to see him at training camp without having to spend thousands of dollars to get to San Francisco with hotels. They're going to go see baby boy play at TCO. Um, For a kid from Minnesota, this is probably a dream for him too. Not only is he going to play and practice at the Vikings facility that he grew up watching, he's also going to play in U.S. Bank Stadium, formerly the Metrodome, that he grew up watching. And so what's going to happen? He's going to do some things, probably a little bit more excitement than normal, probably want to get into a play and check out of something a little bit, you know, make sure, hey, I want to be in the right position because I'm really trying hard because I'm back home. Well, what do coaches do? They steal. It's a copycat league. You know, all these, like, unique plays that we see, every once in a while it grows and it grows and grows, all the way back to the days of receivers putting their hand in the ground. One day, coach say, hey, stand up. That's not the rule anymore. Let's stand up and see what happens. Hey, you can't hand the ball off to a receiver. Well, yeah, you can. He's behind the line of scrimmage. Oh. All right, let's let's try that. And so a copycat league is what we're in. And so the Vikings offense can get even better because as he's watching Kyle Shanahan motion, shift, do some of the things he does with Brandon Ayuk and uh, what's his name? 
uh, Debo Samuels. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, you know what? I bet KJ Osborne can do, do some Debo stuff out the backfield. I bet Justin Jefferson can do some of that Brandon Ayuk stuff. And he's going to add to his playbook. But also he's going to look at, oh, I never, I never thought about shifting my tight end this way to move my running back over here. And so as you see the 49ers this week, again, they're going to be vanilla, but they're still going to have to do their stuff, quote unquote. They're going to have to double shift two tight ends over just to switch up the run game. Uh, you're going to see Trey Lance go from under center and back up to the shotgun just to get into a different pass play. Those are the things that Kevin O'Connell, even though he's played them, he's with the, he was with the Rams, so he's seen the 49ers. He's seen Kyle Shanahan. They've watched film. He's had Sean McVay. But until you're the head coach and it's your offense, sometimes that light bulb doesn't click. Like, eventually, it's going to click where he's like, oh, I see exactly why he's doing that now. Because he probably never had to do that because he was like, hey, you know what? Sean McVay is going to do what Sean McVay wants to do. I can help out a little bit. But at the end of the day, Sean McVay is going to do what he wants to do. Now it's the Kevin O'Connell show. How does he get better? But I think offensively, this is going to be a, a, a an exchange of, of minds. You know, two beautiful minds on the field at the same time, making it work. And, you know, we've seen what Debo Samuels can do. I mean, he, he got paid because he's one of the best receiver running backs in the league. K.J. Osborne is not a receiver running back, but can he do it? I mean, I think we'll find out. I don't see why not. Why not try it? You have to have somebody in the jet sweep. I don't think I'm going to waste Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in that jet sweep. For what? Maybe it's Amir Smith-Marset. Little, little thin. He's not as big as Debo. He's not going to run through arm tackles. So who is that guy? I don't know. Maybe it's Kene Wangu. He is a running back that can catch the ball and is fast. But again, there's going to be some figuring out with this joint practice. Sam, what do you think about what's coming up this week? Yeah, I, I think, let me just double down on your point. I think straight line speed, KJ Osborne and Amir Smith-Marset are great options to be used in the running game. Um, and I don't think, like, Debo got a little upset about that, you know, in the offseason. It seemed like people, he didn't want people to view him as a running back. He wanted to be mm-hmm. a wide receiver, and that was part of his gripe. Um, so you don't know. Because if you've seen the contracts, rec- though, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Receiver yeah. contracts um, with running back contracts don't mm-hmm. match. And so he knew, hey, I, if I want 150, I got to be a receiver. I can't be a running back trying to get this 50 from the running back. So but keep going. It, right. And it's harder on your body, getting tackled more. So oh, I get yeah. it. I get why you don't want to put your stars in that position. But I always thought the 49ers were the best team at complimentary football and particularly complimentary offense. Like a lot of teams that run the ball as much as the 49ers do, they they don't have a robust passing game. But San Francisco has found the balance where their rush attack really sets up the pass. And here's how mm-hmm. I know that. Last year, the stat that stands out to me, San Francisco, when they passed, they were number one in the league in net yards per attempt. So the throws mattered when they threw. 7.7 net yards per attempt for Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not a masterful quarterback, Ron. He's not an amazing deep ball quarterback, right? I mean, he had like 12 interceptions, 20 touchdowns last year. He's not a top five, top 10 quarterback, but they found a way to capitalize by scheming up situations where they could throw the ball and they had teams buying in to their run game because teams were scared of Debo Samuel in the backfield. They were scared of that three-headed monster that they've had for a few years. Uh, The 49ers have a smart run game with kind of that wide zone, and that's a lot like what 
the Vikings will run with O'Connell's mid-zone running game. So I think there is something the Vikings can learn from the way the 49ers run to set up the pass, even though I think the Vikings will be a little opposite. I think the Vikings will be a bit more pass to set up the run, um, but that doesn't mean they can't still learn from that 49ers run game. Yeah, and, and I think that's the key is in their run game, what I've noticed with the 49ers, it's a lot of window dressing. It, it reminds me of um, Alabama. You know, when you see, saw what Alabama was doing uh, with Sarkeesian and, and you saw uh, the way they were moving around and, and the things they were doing, um, that that's what the 49ers do. And, and again, uh, the Shanahan, the Saban, uh, the whole like coaching tree and, and guys going to each other's practices. We know PJ went out to the Rams practice. Like you start to see mirror images of the NFL coaches that they kind of want to be around and they emulate. Um, they do a lot of window dressing just to run the ball. You know, they'll shift George Kittle, motion him back over, put him out wide, boom, run the ball. But then they'll do that same thing and then throw the ball to Kittle. So I think that's the other key. You can't be um, you, you can't be predictable. And I think that's what we saw in this first game against the, 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 the Raiders. It wasn't a predictable offense. You didn't know if they were going to run or throw on first down. You didn't know on second and two if they were going to run or throw. And I think hopefully that – I mean, a coach's coach now, even though it's the preseason, you can't turn off – uh, your tendencies. Coaches coach the way they're going to coach. And that's, I think that's how it's going to be. It's not going to be one of those every single game we have to start the game with the run. You know, every single game we have to start the game with a big pass. Like, I think he's going to let the defense dictate what he does in those first 15 plays. We know coaches script those first 15, but this might not be his shtick. That might not be his thing to script the first 15 plays. And that's why I'm looking forward to what we're going to see. Now, in practices again, it's going to be better than the night scrimmage. Let's go there. First, the night scrimmage was extremely like blah. It's going to be better than the night scrimmage. You don't there's a going confidence about their ability versus the 49ers. Uh, but what you are going to see is a little watered down version of some stuff. Uh, you're going to see guys moving around. You're going to see guys flying, going fast. One-on-ones are going to be really exciting. I think we're sick of our guys going against our own yeah. guys. So now our DBs get to go against uh, their receivers and vice versa. Uh, hopefully, you brought this up numerous times, Andrew Booth Jr. can keep the flags in their pockets. Um, but, yeah, th I think that's just going to be the fun. The linebackers versus running backs, all that stuff. So that's, that's, that's the thing that's going to really uh, kind of excite me about what's next with this team is – up next, the 49ers in practice. But coming up now, hanging with Ron Johnson. But we're going to have Ron Johnson and Sam Ekstrom hang out with Luke Inman. And as Luke joins the show, we're just going to talk what he's looking forward to with these joint practices and what to keep an eye on. And now it's the hanging with Ron Johnson segment, as I promised. Luke Inman. And we got Sam Ekstrom. And we're just going to go around the horn, have a little fun. But starting out, Luke, you got Kyle Shanahan in the building. Uh, he, he's him and KLC, you know, there's another moment from as a head coach. Now he has his own joint practice. He gets to be the guy with the whistle running around, telling everybody what they're going to do. Uh, what do you think KLC can learn from Kyle Shanahan this week? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you got a rookie first time head coach here. So, you know, behind the scenes, Ron, I mean, maybe you could glean a little bit more info being in the league, um, you know, your time in the NFL, but. I got to think his head is spinning right now. I mean, he's not showing it at the pressers and on the field, but this guy's head's probably spinning. Shanahan's been in the league, what now, five, six years. He's proven his worth as an offensive mastermind. Uh, you mentioned it before I jumped on. I don't think either of these teams are going to 
unveil the playbook, show too many wrinkles, but what a great opportunity for both these teams to finally see some new competition. I'm really looking forward to seeing those cornerbacks. I think you might have mentioned that as well. Um, go up against these guys like new guys, new play styles, new tools like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. We know what they can bring to the table. And then what a great test for these edge rushers as well. Zedarius, Daniil Hunter, even guys like DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones who flashed a little bit on the preseason game. Mike McGlinchey's in town. Trent Williams is in town, arguably the number one tackle. ESPN did a top 10 vote list each position by position. Trent Williams was number one, voted number one offensive tackle in the league. Kind of sad to realize he could have been had for a third and a fifth rounder just two years ago. But nonetheless, just new blood in town. I'm also excited to see how feisty some of these things get. You remember the days of Laquan Treadwell starting a couple scrums back there. These guys got some pent-up aggression. I'm sure you could speak to that as well during your times in training camp. Pent-up aggression. A lot of these guys, after those first five cuts, uh, what, the last 24 hours, they're fighting for their jobs, man. They're fighting for their mm -hmm. livelihoods here. And now with some new blood in town, you could see some pent-up aggression. We may see our first scrum or two during these next two days as well. Yeah, and Luke, you made a great point there about the uh, the cuts. And, and I think we overlooked that. Like, it's <laughs> – I hate to say squid games because I know how dangerous of a game that was. <laughs> but it's a little squid game-ish. You know, like in squid games, when everybody walked in, everybody was excited about the amount of money they could win. You know, how much money could you win? And the guy told him, I'm going to cancel your entire you – could, you could owe us $5 million from gambling debts. We're going to wipe your slate clean and – you're going to have a chance to win all the money that each person owes to whatever this deal was they had set up. It was a whole gambling ring. We know what happened. Until I think it was a red light, green light. I think that was the first game maybe in Squid Games. I can't remember. And that first person gets their head blown off. Like, everybody's like, whoa. whoa. Okay, wait a minute. Just got this real. Is, Just got real. Yeah, this real. is not fun. This is supposed to be a game. This is not fun. And not to say a player getting cut their head blown off. I don't want people out there mad about that. But that's what it is. Like, you you, you have been friends with these guys. Like, uh, what is it? Ty Smith, I think, just got released from the Vikings. Yeah. Um, you, you look at guys that you were – and, and that's why you saw the, um, uh, the Caleb Evans tweet, you know, when he said, man, this is a serious business out here. Because my guess is, as a young rookie, uh, Ty Smith being one of the younger on the bubble corners, he was hanging out with those rookies. And when you're hanging out with a guy like that, you're having lunch with a guy, you're sitting at your lockers, maybe you guys are playing paper, scissors, rock together. And then all of a sudden, the guy that you've been playing Uno with for the last four days, five days, you come back and his locker is cleaned out. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, the only thing you got to say was, man, peace out, man, tough. I uh, will catch up, man, hit me up. Because you don't have a lot of time because you have meetings in like 20 minutes. So you can't sit there and, 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 and uh, you know, say goodbye like Big Brother. I don't know if there's any Big Brother fans out there, but same thing. When a guy gets eliminated, you have like 10 to 20 seconds to say bye before you have to move on to the rest of the game. And that's like Squid Games. Like, and so I think that's what guys are going to see now, too. Guys saw their first set of cuts, and now guys are going to be like, oh, okay. Like, they're, playing, they're not playing any games. I got to know my playbook. I got to know these plays because, you know, these guys are trying to get down to 53 as soon as possible. Uh, especially KLC being a new coach, he wants to know who his guys are because there's another part of this too. You don't unveil the entire playbook until you're down to that last group because you don't want guys who got cut getting picked up by Bilicek because Bilicek mm -hmm. is going to pick these guys up to say, hey, what, what was training camp like? What did you guys do? What plays did you guys run? You know, you mm -hmm. don't want that. You don't want the Packers picking up 
the guys you cut and saying, what, what motions does KLC have? What, what checks is he giving their, uh, Kirk Cousins? And so you have to be a little like protective of your top plays. And that's why you have that additional, because people are always like, man, why do we have an additional week before the first game? Because they need that additional week with the guys that he can tell everything to. We got the base set. We got the terminology set. We got the hot and cold colors set. Now I can get to the meat and potatoes. I gave you the appetizer. Now I can give you the meat and potatoes. And so I, I say this, of a position this week, Luke, who are you most excited to see battle? Because, you know, you look at the 49ers. You got the Bosa. You got Brandon Ayuk. You got Debo Samuels at receiver, you know, going against maybe Patrick Peterson or Cam Dantzler. Um, who are you excited about seeing? Yeah, I just got to touch on your point real quick. You mentioned squig games. I'm thinking Survivor. <laughs> Thomas Hennigan gets cut yesterday, and all of a sudden the wide receivers uh, go back to the wide receiver room, and it's like, oh, my gosh, there's somebody missing at camp. Like, this is real. Like, he's just gone. We're missing a guy. And you got guys like Myron Mitchell, Tristan Jackson. Albert Wilson scored two touchdowns last Saturday. He still might not make the team. And you're right, Ron. There's such a huge difference between making the team, being a UDFA and signing that UDFA contract, and then making the final 53. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars for these guys, these bubble guys. So, again, I expect to see a lot of feistiness from both teams. Both these guys, both teams have guys fighting for their livelihood, trying to put food on the table. So that's going to be very interesting. Uh, Matchups, again, I mentioned those edge guys. I'm really excited to see Daniil and Zedarius just pin their ears back and go after uh, Trent Williams and, and McGlinchey. But those cornerbacks I keep, I keep going back to because we still don't know exactly what we got. Where's Patrick Peterson right now in his career? Are they going to be able to run a lot of man coverage like he used to excel at? Maybe one of the best man coverage cornerbacks in the league five, six years ago. Where's his legs at? Cam Dantzler's had a really nice camp. Could he be a guy that takes a huge step forward? Let's see him go again. He's held his own against J.J. and Thielen, which is no small feat, but let's see him again go against a different tool set, uh, different guys with different skills like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. That's going to be interesting. Nobody's talking about George Kittle, by the way. George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the league as well. Let's see where these coverage linebackers are at and see how good their communication skills are at at this point in training camp and this point in the offseason right now. Eric Kendricks, we know what he can bring to the table, one of the better coverage linebackers. But Jordan Hicks, another good coverage linebacker. But let's see how he can communicate and send that, you know, a guy like George Kittle off to maybe the back end of the safety. Lewis Seen, a rookie. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr., obviously another rookie. Cam Bynum, only his second year. So those are the kind of matchups that I'm looking most forward to. And then you got to mention Trey Lance. What, Marshall, Minnesota? Nice little homecoming for him. He's the big ticket seller here this uh, next two days at joint practice. So he's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. I'm just excited to see these 11 out of 11s, if nothing else, just to see, again, guys like Trey Lance and Shanahan versus, again, this new Ed Donatel defense. No Kirk Cousins. I don't know if we got any update, guys. Maybe you can fill me in. I'm not assuming we see Kirk Cousins the next, next two days, let alone the preseason game. Um, but just more opportunities now. Just a great opportunity for Kellen Mond to jump in, not against number three defense like he had against the preseason against Vegas, but now against a number two defense, a number one defense. You're talking about going up against guys like Nick Bosa now, top five edge rusher in the league, uh, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw. They got three first picks on that defensive line. Fred Warner, an outstanding linebacker. 
uh, Kellen Mond's going to be tested not only during the play, but pre-snap, being able to make the right reads and checks and things like that, the line of scrimmage. So a lot of things to write down, circle on the notepad. Uh, but, it, you know, by far, if you were just going to pick one day of training camp to go to, this is it. It's the joint practices 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, and so when you look at that, you, you brought up a great point about Kellen Mond and Kirk Cousins and uh, Sean Mannion. I think uh, – I, I don't know the rules either. It's like 10 days or three negative tests, okay. I think, whichever comes mm -hmm. first. Um, and after 10 days, I think you still have to have a negative test, though, just to make sure that it's out because I know some people have had longer. Uh, that was back in the day. Who knows what it is nowadays. Um, but, yeah, they have, to, they have to get them out there. I think it was like 10 days of quarantine or three negative tests. So, uh, But I do know – uh, the whole vaccinated negative test things happen faster than the unvaccinated. And that was part of it too. Uh, the good thing is like the chicken pox, he has immunity now for 60 days. So, um, you know, I think that that'll help where if he gets it again, it's not going to be as like, he won't feel the symptoms like he has. I mean, he'll probably still need to self-report, but he's not going to feel the symptoms. And I think he goes under the immunity rules after that, but that's neither here nor there. I think we're going to see some Kellen Mon, and that's going to be great to see how he does. I just hope the fans don't overreact to what they see from Mon that he needs to be QB1 because we've already seen that happen with RB2. So let's just hope that doesn't happen with QB1 now where all of a sudden Kellen Mon has a great couple of days because he is QB1 or him and Manning are splitting the one stuff because Kirk's not there. Um, and then they just, everybody loses it on social media. Like, oh, we got to have Kellen Mon in there. He looks just like Trey Lance. See, they need to give him a chance. Um, but yeah. <laughs> But that'll do it. I know for me, too, Ambry Thomas, cornerback for the 49ers. He played at my high school. I know him. Uh, so excited to see him uh, get a chance to go against Justin Jefferson because I think that's going to be a great matchup of two young rising stars. Kid out of the Big Ten out of Michigan. Uh, but, again, went to one of the best high schools in, in Detroit, which is Detroit Martin Luther King. So, shout out to Ambry mm -hmm. Thomas. Uh, but that'll do it for the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment with Luke Inman. We're going to let Luke go. Quick word about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, what are you doing? You're depriving yourself because they are fantastic and one of life's greatest joys, to be honest. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to our new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They've got a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and I can attest they are 100% real chocolate and fantastic. Only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. They are covered in 100% chocolate. Have I mentioned that? That's unbelievable. Healthy, tasty, fluffy, so good. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, so your body absorbs them more efficiently. You're just going to love these new cookie dough chunk puffs. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. Coming up next is the part of the show that we love. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Here we go. Well, Mike Zimmer has a job at a website, and now he has a job as an analyst. He is joining Deion Sanders at Jackson State. And we know those college football staffs, they've got, like, unlimited spots, unlimited money, and Mike Zimmer taking advantage of that. There he is with primetime, one of his favorite <laughs> former players, and now he has been hired by Deion. So, Ron, what do you think about this new partnership between Zim and Deion Sanders? Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's it's it, it also shows the NFL is about who you know, not what you know. Um, but we know Mike Zimmer is very knowledgeable in this game. He's been a he was one of the best defensive co co uh, coordinators we knew. He's one of the best DB coaches we've known. 
Um, he was a great head coach. Uh, he just had – he ran into a buzzsaw, you know, COVID, injuries, Kirk Cousins, uh, relationship stuff. Like, even – just seeing the gif now of Mike Zimmer pushing Kirk Cousins the other day. Like, I don't care what you say. That was not a friendly shove. Like, Kirk Cousins was having fun with him, and Kirk Cousins might have had a little bit behind it. Like, you like that? You keep – you know, I know how you act about me. And Mike Zimmer was really pissed. Like, there's no reason for – like, if Kevin O'Connell gets into a shoving match with Kirk Cousins – I don't think his security guard is going to pull him back. I think he's going to let them go because he knows it's fun. Mike Zimmer's security guard was pulling him back. So that was part of that. So I think this is a new start. This is, he's with a new group. He's with a coach that he loves. He loves Deion Sanders to death. Deion's like been at his ranch, uh, you know, spent the night there, hung out with them. Uh, he's been out to Deion's house, hung out with the kids. So, you know, they have a really great relationship. I, I've only seen Zim smile when he's talking to Dion on FaceTime for the NFL network, like that, mm -hmm. that's how, you know, the relationship is real. And so I just think it's, it's another example of uh, just Jackson state. Cause the HBCUs don't get a, And he said, I can't pay you. Like, I think he tweeted that like, good, good thing. I don't have to pay you cause you're rich. Um, you know, he's probably paying them just enough to travel. Like so he doesn't spend his own money. Uh, you know, let us know what your travel expenses are. Let us know what your living expenses are. We'll cover that. But that's about all we can afford. Like we can afford, you know, whatever that is. What is your living expenses? Maybe thirty, forty thousand dollars. Um, I'm pretty sure it's something like that. Like, hey, we'll cover all your living expenses for the year. Um, travel, you know, we'll cover all that. We'll cover any needs you need for for you know scouting, recruiting. Um, but it, I think for his thing, it's going to be more so just identifying with these coaches what he sees as a former you know, great defense according to, Hey, here's what the a gap mug does. Here's what, you know, this coverage does. Here's how, and Deion Sanders knows DBs, but of course it's always great to have your coach in your ear reminding you of why you did stuff that you did. Cause you forget. And uh, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I'm just impressed that Mike Zimmer has kind of used this year as kind of a fun year. Like he didn't immediately jump to get back in the NFL. I don't know if anybody called him to do that or not, but he's getting paid by the Vikings he doesn't need to work, um, but I always thought that he just had such an urge to be in the NFL as a coordinator or a coach that he'd be back in the game. Uh, he kind of gets to put his feet up and, you know, pitch in a few ideas with Dion, a guy he enjoys, and work with college kids and uh, mm -hmm. kind of take it easy for a year, I would think. So and I was just saying, Rogers, you made a great point. Go ahead. No, sorry, you made a great point, though, because I forgot that if Zimmer is getting paid by the NFL, I don't know that rule because I know in college, if you take another job, you lose your salary from the other school. So maybe he is just working for free because he knows he doesn't want to like mess up his contract to get continue to get paid than what he signed with the Vikings. So yeah, that's a good point there by Dion. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so Aaron Rodgers has done this before, but he went back to the media and he called out his young receivers. Uh, this seems to be kind of an annual tradition for Aaron Rodgers. He goes and he says they're they're dropping balls, they're running bad routes, making bad decisions. Um, as a former receiver yourself, Ron, I mean, how would you appreciate it if your uh, Hall of Fame quarterback went to the media and called you out? Do you think Aaron Rodgers is within his rights? Should he be doing that uh, with maybe, uh, you know, a young receiving core that, uh, you know, might have their feelings hurt? Yeah, he's HOF, so he can do whatever he wants. Uh, at the end of the day, if I'm a receiver and he's a Hall of Famer and he's calling me out, I'm going to get better. Like, I'm going to challenge myself to get better. Like, I'd kind of be like, man, I wish he wouldn't do it to the media. But at the end of the day, the relationship between receiver and quarterback, who needs who more? The quarterback doesn't need the receivers because he can find more receivers. But the receivers need the quarterback to be on his side to throw them the ball. So it's one of those things where you got to grit and bear it, take it, and move on. Uh, look at Alan Lazard. 
You know, like all these guys he's had at one point when they were young, and he made the same assumptions about them, the same comments about them. Um, it's worked. So in his mind, it's like, look, it works. Why stop? Why, 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 why fix something that's not broke? If this works the way I get out of my receivers, what I get, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, but he also praised them. Like, he praised Romeo Dubs. He praised Alan Lazard. Part of it was a joke, though, because he was, he was you know, getting back at Tay Adams with his comments. But, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> if it works, it works. So do what you do. Do what makes you who you are. And my guess is those receivers are going to get in that playbook. They're going to make sure they know, you know, what, what are you looking for out of this route? And they're going to come back stronger and better. So I'm hearing a lot about Romeo Dubs. Looks like Christian mm -hmm. Watson has been on the pup. Is that why I haven't heard about him? Yeah, he's been on the pup. So we haven't really seen Christian Watson yet and what he's going to be in that Packers offense. Um, you said Dubs came from Nevada and Watson came from NDSU. So those small mm -hmm. school receivers are going to play a huge role in the NFC North this year because if they can be something, then the Packers receiving core is solid and I think they're probably expected to win the division. If they don't perform, then they've got a really weak receiving core run, and I'm not sure that offense is going to be as good as it was. So those young guys are actually going to be gigantic to the impact of that offense in the division, I think. And the Packers are creatures of habit. Devontae Adams came from Fresno State, the same conference. So I think in their mind, they're like, look, you know what? This, this guy reminds us of somebody, or this guy you know, has the production that this guy had in the same conference. Like, we can't let this small school thing throw us off and go get the guy from Clemson or go get the guy from Syracuse or go get the guy, you know, from Penn State. Like, hey, if this is our guy, we liked him in workouts, we're going to get him. So, yeah, Romeo Dubs, I've watched him numerous games over the past two years, covering him on FS1, and kid is good. Kid is good. So, yeah, I think Rodgers is trying to push him because he knows he can be better. All right, last one. We mentioned with Luke Inman, we're not sure on Kirk Cousins' health status. It's now been five days, or six days actually, I think, since he came down with COVID-19. So whether he's back today or not, Ron, let's say he is. Let's say he's healthy. Should he play on Saturday? Should Do you want to see Kirk Cousins play against the 49ers at U.S. Bank Stadium? I'd say, yeah. I'd say at least one series, one or two series. Uh, because at the end of the day, you don't want the Packers to be the first time Kirk Cousins in a headset hearing Kevin O'Connell with live bullets coming at him. Uh, I think it'd be good to get his feet wet to get that. You know, it's almost like when I was growing up, it was that first hit. You know, you, you once you get like once I caught a ball in college and I took that first hit, then all the, the jitters were out and I was ready to go. You know, that's why I think Glenn Mason was great at that, always giving me a hitch or a slant, something simple to start the game off with. And that's uh, I think that was key for me. And maybe for the quarterback too, hey, that first completion, all right, let's go. I'm locked in now. And I think that first, you know, that first snap, uh, that first check he gets to make, that first conversation with Kevin O'Connell, like they do it in practice, they do it in meetings, but it's different when live bullets are coming at you. Uh, it's real. It's real then. So, you know, I, I think, yes, I would like to see him, but at the end of the day, if we don't know how sick he is, because I, I mean, we know people that have, like Kellerman said, how much weight he lost during that process of having COVID. So, you don't know what everybody handles it different. Everybody's body is different. Everybody doesn't have the same antibodies as everybody else. Um, you know, and we know what protecting yourself is like. So if he's not feeling well because he was, you know, like he self-reported, so clearly he didn't feel well at all. Um, who knows what that, you know, if he lost his taste, if he didn't eat this week. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't waste him in that game if that's the case because then he is weak and he's susceptible to getting, you know, doing something that he's not, you know, normally would do if he's been tired, sweats at night, not sleeping well. 
there's a lot to this. So, you know, at the end of the day, his health matters more than, you know, a couple snaps in the preseason. So I'd say if he's healthy enough and he feels good and comfortable, do it. If he doesn't, just wait, let him rest, let him get healthy and go back, you know, that because that gives him almost, you know, three weeks before he has to play the Packers. I'd say take that time to rest and get ready for the Packers. Yeah, I would think that if he is healthy, like KOC isn't going to necessarily hold him out for precautionary reasons because he wants Kirk to practice in this setting. He wants Kirk to go against the 49ers. Uh, that's a team that has sort of haunted Kirk's dreams for the past couple of years. So I think it'd be better for Kirk to be in these practices more so than the game. I don't care about the game. Bench him in the game. Let's see what Kellen Mond can do. But make sure that if he's healthy, that he is practicing, because I think that's arguably mm -hmm. more important. You're getting way more reps, and you're getting a bunch of work against a defense that has given you fits over the years. I mean, last year, the, the 49ers game was kind of the, the start of a little bit of an unraveling for Kirk, uh, the way that he got beat up in that one. So I, I definitely want to see what he can do in a practice setting. I'm guessing we'll get an update here shortly. Yeah, one of the best defenses and offenses in the NFL as far as just production and, and athletes. So, yeah, you're right. It's going to be a challenge. Uh, I'd like to see him in that practice, too, just because of that. Those guys are – those corners are good. They're not going to give you easy buckets. Um, it, this is a team to really practice against. and It is a good test for them going into the season. But that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show today. That was Luke Inman. That's Sam Ekstrom. You heard us in the Daily Three. We want to thank you guys. Comment let us know. Do you guys think Kirk Cousins should play? Like, is this the week he should play or should Kirk Cousins sit out? Could Kellen Mond become QB1 because Kirk Cousins misses so much time? I know the answer is no, but hey, everybody has an opinion. What's your opinion on if Kellen Mond kills it the next two weeks? Does there any question marks there about the future of this QB1 situation down the road? Not this year, but down the road. Can Kellen Mond become the next Trey Lance and get to sit behind Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo and sit behind Kirk Cousins for a couple years and then take over? Let us know what you think in the comments. But thank you. Continue to subscribe, download. But this is the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. This is the Ron Johnson Show. I'm Ron Johnson. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.